Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pastor James, joined along Pastor John, and uh, welcome to the White Oak Houston podcast. So this is a weekly podcast that we like to put out where we answer uh, your questions on topics of faith, church, life in general from a a pastoral uh, church perspective. And we got a really cool uh, topic today. This is actually something, uh, a question that a few people uh, submitted to us to talk about, and that is, uh, what is the role of, of, or what is our view on women in leadership in the church, right? So this can be a very controversial (laughs) issue, and uh, we we don't think it has to be, but certainly a lot of different people have opinions on that. And so as we talk about this issue, it's good to talk about where we're getting our approach from, right? Because I think you can approach it from a lot of different ways, and you can draw from a lot of different inspirations in order to do that. So uh, at the very beginning, John, where are we drawing our inspiration and why? Yeah, so we always say this, but I think it's especially important on this topic because, as you said, it is controversial, and people are like, you know, why do you say those kind of things, and where's your authority? Um, And so here at White Oak, um, you know, our our highest authority is the Bible, God's Word. Um, We believe it's the only perfect thing on earth, and you know, also as Southern Baptists, you know, our you know our whole confession is really built around the fact that God has revealed, um, you know, basically all that He has for us and all the ways of doing things in His Word. And so this, as we're answering this question, it all comes from the Bible. Um, the Bible speaks of its own authority in 2 Timothy 3. It says that the, all Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for us. Um, we also believe that the, the Holy Spirit of God that dwells inside all Christians literally reveals to us, even supernaturally and spiritually, that the Bible is God's Word. And so I've had that experience. I know you've had that experience. Um, just over time, like God just shows you in your spirit, this is true. And then lastly, historically, I mean, the Bible has stood the test of time. Um, in a thousand years, America won't exist, you know? And so if you ask someone, you know, who was the president of the U.S., they're going to ask, what is the U.S.? You know, <laughs> it's not going to be around probably, historically speaking. And so, but the Bible has been around um, for, you know, obviously, you know, the, the scriptures go back to 2,000 years ago and, and obviously some older than that. And so, you know, historically, we also believe the fact that it has stood the test of time shows its authority as well. So as we answer this question today, uh, we're coming from the Bible. And so, you know, once again, you're going to find different people that have different views on this. Um, but we think that there's really only one view on this if you're going to come from God's word and not just try to be, you know, influenced by what the culture says or, you know, whatever agenda or motive we might have. Yeah, I really love how you mention the scriptures as a primary authority because what I love about the scriptures weren't written yesterday, right? The scriptures are the timeless truth of God. That's that's for all ages. I mean, it worked for people a thousand years ago. It works for us today. I mean, it, it works for all ages. And so I think there's a difference between maybe a very timely and very popular opinions versus what the timeless word of God says. And so I do think it's important for us to to go to it. And I think we found personally in our own life that, that anywhere where we follow what God says, that there's flourishing yeah. and, and there's joy and there's truth and there's happiness. And so, uh, yeah. And so as we dive into this topic, I think it's good to lay some groundwork first. And so we're going to define some terms. um, And really, when you're talking about this issue, uh, there's two big concepts, two big schools of thought that come up. And these are big words. You may not have heard of these before. I'm going to ask Sean to spell them in a second. But uh, the first one is egalitarianism. That would be one big school of thought. And then the other is complementarianism. So when it comes to those schools of thought, John, I want you to find those and kind of hash those out a little bit for us. Yeah, like I said, I can't spell it, but I can define it. Um, So egalitarian is the view in the church that um, all offices and levels of authority and leadership are open to both men and women equally in the church. So that's egalitarianism. Complementarian is more, complementarianism is more the idea um, that men and women have equal value before God, um, but in certain ways, and maybe even specifically in regards to leadership, 
um, there are differences between the two, but ultimately they complement each other. And so the idea of you know, like the sum being greater than, or the, the whole being greater than the sum of its parts, yeah. that's what complementarians would believe both um, in marriage and also in the, the local church. And so um, basically complementarian is just working together. And so uh, here at White Oak, and I think just as Baptists in general, uh, we are complementarians. And okay. so uh, we're, you know, we're not egalitarians. We are complementarians. Uh, once again, we go back to the scripture for that, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, um, you know, especially as we break down the different roles of leadership. But here at White Oak, we're complementarian. And honestly, our experience has been amazing. You know, like here in the church, I don't think that there's any, um, obviously, because complementarian means that men have certain levels of leadership and authority. Um, everyone in our church seems to feel like that's a really good thing. So um, I know we're going to get into that here in a second, but here at White Oak, we would be complementarian. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I try to think about boiling this issue down. And to me, it, it's really what, what is equality? And, and I think when you look at the scriptures, you do see that, that God has ordained uh, men and women to be equal before his sight. Like I, I like to say a world entirely of men or a world entirely of women would not reflect God's nature. Mm-hmm. And I think that really lends itself to, to the position that we come on based on the scriptures is that we, we each have different um, strengths and weaknesses that complement each other. Yeah, and I think um, the same way that, you know, obviously everyone would agree that men and women have physical differences, like nature kind of reveals that. The question is, are there also certain spiritual differences? And we would say the same way how men and women have differences in terms of um, how we are physically, uh, the Bible kind of reveals what that looks like spiritually. Right. So um, you said that we, uh, in our tradition and in our church, have come to the conclusion um, that complementarian is is a good holistic view to have. So based off of that, let's try to get down to the nitty-gritty question, the the question that's on everyone's mind. Can women lead Mm -hmm. in the church, yes or no? Uh, the answer is yes and no. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I know you said it, oh, that's a cop out and it kind of is, but it's the Bible gives a cop out answer to a degree. Um, no, um, yes and no. And this is where I'm excited because we're going to really start diving into the scriptures and looking at what that says. Um, really in the church, what you need to know is, um, God has given us basically two official offices of leadership in the church. And so there's a lot of different things and a lot of different things called different things. But in the church, you have both deacons and elders. And so everyone that is a part of our church is a member, right? They're an official covenant member of our church. Um, But then if someone feels called to lead out in the church in different ways, you can become either a deacon or an elder. And the office of deacon, we believe biblically, is open to both men and women. And so I know uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul writes to Timothy talking about deacons. And basically what deacons are are servant leaders of the church. And so in the book of Acts, I know that they were called to do, to lead a ministry because the elders needed them to do that. Um, And so basically servant leaders in our church are basically that lead different ministries, whether it's homeless ministry, music, kids, uh, building and grounds, different ministries of the church, deacons lead out in those roles. And so we believe biblically speaking, women can be in that role. Um, some will look at first Timothy three, where Paul talks to Timothy about how like every deacon should be a husband of one wife and say, well, that obviously means it should be a man. Right. But then that same word that Paul uses for deacon in the Greek, he also uses in Romans 16 verse one, referring to a woman named Phoebe and uses the exact same word in the Greek for deacon, though it translates differently in our translation of, of English, um, and literally refers to her as a deacon or a servant leader of the church. And so we believe that, that that basically gives us the authority to say that we do think in the Bible we see women leading in the role of deacon. And that's just one example of, of several. 
Um, and so we believe that women can be deacons in the church. We've actually just changed that in our church. Um, but as far as it comes to elders, we don't see any example of elders being women in the, in the New Testament. Uh, when you go to First Timothy 3, which I think you'll probably read here in a little bit, uh, when, when Paul talks about elders, he talks about the different qualifications for them. But what's interesting is elders who are basically overseers, preachers, kind of they, they kind of like oversee the church as a whole. Um, the main distinction between an elder and a deacon is actually teaching, like the main distinction. And so because that's the main distinction, we also find in 1 Timothy chapter 2 where Paul says, I do not permit a woman to exercise authority over a man, for Adam was created first and then Eve. Basically what Paul says is, I do not permit women to basically teach in the church, like to be the preachers of a church uh, where there's both men and women. And so because... Paul does not allow them to teach in that capacity, and because teaching is the main difference between an elder and a deacon, we think biblically, though it is kind of a nuanced topic, um, that, that women should not be elders, though every elder usually has a wife. And so, um, once again, women can lead in the role of deacon, we believe, um, so, so there are ways in which women can lead, but in terms of an elder, uh, we do not believe there's any biblical evidence of a woman serving in that role, and though someone might not like that for whatever reason, um, we just think it's what the scripture reveals and we trust the Lord in that. And like I said, we've had a good experience of it in our church. Yeah, I can definitely uh, agree. And I think that sometimes we have to, to guard ourselves from thinking about like caricatures in terms of, um, men leading out. Sometimes I think people get this idea that, that for men to lead out in the church, to have only male elders means that they have dominion that that's outside of God's word or outside of God's accountability. And that's not what we see at all in the scripture. In fact, you mentioned, uh, first Timothy chapter three. Three and, and if you don't mind, I just want to read it. I, I, just want, I want to read this passage, and I want you to, uh, if you're a listener, just imagine uh, this sort of person leading out um, in his family, leading out in the church, and, and just think about um, how much flourishing would come out under that. So I'm going to read First Timothy chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 1, going through verse 7. This is what it says. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. James, that, that is such a good point. Um, and I think the biggest misconception about um, male leadership in the church is, and I understand it, and it, it's all the fault of men, it's not women, some men have been so abusive in their authority, and I think if we're honest, we even see some of it today yeah. <laughs> in authority that assume that even in America, um, that basically men have used their authority for selfish gain and for evil. And so when people say that men are, are men alone are supposed to be elders, people think of the worst, most of a, most abusive man that they know, and they ask, so is that man supposed to have authority over my life? And the answer is, heck no, he's not yeah. supposed to have authority over your life. Um, not just any man can be an elder. In fact, few of the scriptures say are actually called to the office of elder. And so when you think of like God wanting men to lead out strongly in the church, you should think of the most loving, godly, gracious, kind man you know. And God is saying, we want men like that to lead the church. And so I think the reason people have an issue with this is because they've had bad experiences with bad men. 
And the reality is most men are not qualified to be elders, you know, when you think about it, right? Because God doesn't just say men are supposed to be elders. Like any man exercises authority over any woman. He says this kind of man, like not a drunkard, um, not greedy, um, a kind man, a godly man, a man that manages and loves his own wife and kids well. And so these are supposed to be the best of the best in terms of men that are spiritually sound, loving, kind. And these men are supposed to use their strength and their authority to love and protect all the women, children, and men in the body mm. of Christ. And so, which I, once again, I think that the same way that I think a lot of times, you know, men have a certain kind of natural physical strength, I think that also applies spiritually. I think men do have a certain spiritual strength. I think of an example where, and we've dealt with this before, where we've actually had like a a woman in our church who's being abused by her husband in different ways. And, you know, it's really helpful to have strong, godly men come in and be able to tell them to knock it off versus you try to imagine like a woman pastor calling up a grown man that's being an idiot and have that, it's kind of hard, you know? And so obviously men kind of respect that strong male presence. And so what what God is saying is, is because I want my church to be safe and protected from people that want to cause trouble or abuse people or abuse kids or something, we need strong, godly, protecting men to stand up and to look out for the vulnerable and to lead people. And so it's basically there is a strength that men have, and God wants that to be used for the flourishing of all men and women. And the problem is you have abusive men who have used their, their, their strength to harm women. And therefore people say that and like, well, men are bad at times, so let's just get rid of all authority, you know? That's like saying one person stole money at your work and so it shut the whole place down. Like you had nothing to do with that, right? And so I feel like a lot of times even as godly men try to rise up, people are giving them issues. Well, why can't a woman do this or that? When in reality, this man has done nothing to contribute to the bad image that men have. And so really God wants us for the flourishing of the entire body and because he wants everybody ultimately protected. Yeah, man, I love how you talked about how um, men have just abused this so much in the past, whether in the church even and outside of the church. And I think it really goes back to the beginning. I think when you talk about men and women and something as fundamental as as gender, I think you got to go back to the beginning and the creation story. And I think mm-hmm. you see uh, even Adam failing in that leadership, right? Failing to protect Eve from from evil and from temptation. I think from there you have that abuse continuing on throughout Scripture. And I think that's why the Bible talks so strongly to men, like husbands, love your wives. And it talks about elders. You got to conform to this because we're not prone to conform to that, right? And that's really why God had to send Jesus and say, here's a perfect man, be like this man, you know? And so I think the scripture talks a lot to men, but just because men have failed so much in that area. Yeah. And I think also practically, we were talking about this earlier, um, because I know a lot of times when a woman comes in and she's asking these kind of questions, and maybe she's new to the faith, you know, and she doesn't you know, get why this wouldn't be the case. I think one helpful thing to explain the office of an elder is I, I know elders in the church, an elder also is interchangeable with the word pastor. So if you're like, what about pastors? Like pastors are elders, basically. It's a blanket term. Um, like, well, well, I can't women lead and do all this kind of stuff. And what you just need to know is like being an elder is a lot of stuff that most people don't want to do. Um, if <laughs> you're you, missing out on too much. If you want to be the person that confronts a guy when he's had an affair, that's what elders do, you know? Um, if you want to be the person that manages like, finances and budgets and what happens if the giving's short and, you know, this person's being a jerk to this person. We have to handle this. Um, you know, that's a lot of what elders do. I think when a lot of people want to lead in the church, they want to do things like lead a homeless ministry, lead a community group and disciple people. And those are all things that women can do. And so I think that women can lead in most of the ways they would want to do. And honestly, a lot of times what we do as elders, we have to make very tough decisions that cause a lot of stress. And so it's, 
I just think that, that once again, with authority also comes a lot of responsibility. You know, I say, if you want to call the shots, you got to take the shots, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, once again, really what elders do is they really protect the flock. They lead the flock. We obviously preach the word of God to the flock. That's why when you show up on a Sunday morning, it's either going to be me or you preaching because we're elders in the church. Um, and so really, I think when people think about leadership, it's really most of the things I think most women, even leading women, because I, I was raised by a very leading kind of woman. You know, my mom had a PhD. I was raised by a single mom. She was very successful in her career, um, ascended high in, in HISD, the school district here in Houston. And so I, I, I know what it's like to have one of those women in the church. And my mom, she led the library for a long time. She was a leader in a lot of ways. Um, but biblically speaking, eldership is reserved for men. But the last thing I'll say is... Um, this does not because we're answering a simple question today, which is, can women lead in the church? That's what we're answering. This has nothing to do with like the marketplace or being the president or our government. Like the Bible does not say it's wrong for a woman to be the president, right? I would say, can a woman be president? Is God cool with that? Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, I always told Molly, like, uh, or I told Halsey that uh, Hillary Clinton couldn't win the presidency because Molly's got to be the first female president, you know? And so, so you're, you're calling it now your daughter's yeah, yeah, the female yeah. president? Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll check this out, yeah. Um, but, but, but it's one of those things like if Molly wants to grow up, my daughter, who I love more than anything, if she wants to be a CEO of a company, if she wants to be you know, an entrepreneur, if she wants to be the president, um, the Bible is totally not against that. Um, but in terms of being a leader of a church and dealing with all the issues and complexities and the problems that often arise, I would say that, that, that the Bible does not want a woman in that place. And so if Molly's like, Dad, I don't want to grow up and be a senior pastor of a church, I'm going to lovingly tell her that's not, what, that, that's not an office that you're allowed to sit in, right? Um, and, and once again, last thing I'll say, too, is I just think that in our church, though some people hear that and they're like, wait a minute, that, that's messed up or whatever. In our church, we have, we have an amazing thing going on here, and we have elder leadership that's, that's all male, though we all do have wives, and it has created an amazing environment here. And so what I would say to someone who has an issue with that is go to a church where this is lived out properly, where qualified, godly, loving men are leading the church, and if that's really happening and there really is real eldership, it's going to be as good of a church environment as you can find. And so part of it is you have to experience it to believe it and understand it, and I think here at Wide Oak, we're becoming a good example of that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor John. Yeah, I love how you talked about you got to see it for yourself. And so I do think seeing um, help us helps us to believe, but I think also it's good to to go to the scriptures and to to see what the Word of God has um, and what it says about it, and to come at it with a very open an open mind and open hands and an open heart to what God would say. And so, um, if you're a woman listening to this, I, I encourage you with with all the pastoral wisdom that I can muster to to seek being um, a deacon in the church, to seek being a servant leader in the church, leading out in ministries that help our city, like a homeless ministry or or like leading a community group, like these are the things that that can really flourish you personally in your life and really flourish the people around you. Uh, so thank you so so much for listening uh, this afternoon, guys. And I uh, encourage you if you got any questions at all, you can email us at info at whiteoakchurch.net. Uh, we'll answer pretty much any question that you have on your mind. We would love to answer that. So if you have anything, email us at info at whiteoakchurch.net. And until next time, love you guys.